Well, uh, good morning. It's uh, nice to be back here again with you. I always think it's nice uh, to go on holiday, but it's always nice uh, to come home again. And it's nice uh, to be back here in Gilnahirk after being away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'd like us to turn this morning for our Bible reading to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 40. And we're going to read just the last few verses from verse 27 to the end of the chapter in verse uh, 31. Isaiah uh, chapter 40 is one of the great chapters in the book of Isaiah. Indeed, in the whole of the Old Testament. Indeed, I think you could also say it's uh, one of the great chapters in the Bible as a whole. And... uh, We'll look at just at the, the last few verses. Verse 27 says, <clears throat> Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will not walk. And not be faint. So reads God's word. I wonder if you're looking forward uh, to the new year. Are you feeling optimistic and hopeful uh, of what uh, 2022 will bring? Uh, Or are you feeling rather anxious and pessimistic and perhaps even cynical about the year which lies ahead? I did uh, wish someone a happy new year, Um, I think it was yesterday, and uh, they replied rather grumpily, well, what can you expect, only more of the same. Now, that seemed to me just to be a little bit uh, pessimistic, but sometimes that's how we think. You know, sometimes maybe that's our temperament. You know, there's some people, and well, um, the glass is always half empty. You know, sometimes I have been accused of that in the past. It's sometimes just a matter of temperament. You, you're not really an optimistic person by nature. You do tend to see um, the problems that uh, can lie ahead. Or sometimes it's really because of your circumstances. You know, you're in a situation where maybe you are struggling with health issues or uh, maybe with a, fa- a problem in the family or maybe there's trouble at work or uh, you know, a bit of uncertainty just about um, the future. And it's those circumstances that really are, are weighing you down a bit and robbing you of any hope for the future. Or maybe it's just past experience. You know, you've learned in the past that sometimes you can be disappointed. Um, like uh, the man who said to his friend, you know, cheer up, things could be worse. Uh, and so we cheered up, and sure enough, things were worse. You know, sometimes 
we have that kind of outlook. But that's not really a Christian outlook. Um, The Christian of all people should be looking forward to the future with confidence in God and with hope. Hope is really a Christian virtue. You know, Apostle Paul writes about faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. All three are prize Christian virtues. Not just faith, not just love, but also hope. And so my text for you this morning, a text for the new year, is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, which says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is, a, this is my text really for you for this new year of 2022. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. In the context that was addressed to Israel, the people of God who were in exile in Babylon, um, the Babylonians had come up against uh, the nation of Israel. They had captured Jerusalem. They'd laid waste to the temple. They'd carried the people off into exile hundreds of miles away in, in Babylon. And uh, they, this had happened as a result of God's judgment upon them. They had broken his, the covenant they'd made with him. They disobeyed him. They'd acted unjustly. They'd acted uh, uh, in in immoral ways, they had been idolatrous, they turned to idols, and the result of their sin and disobedience, God had said he would punish them, and he would send them into exile. But now, in chapter 40, there's a great change in the message of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters were all about that message of judgment, a message of confrontation, uh, a message of condemnation. But now, beginning in chapter 40, there's a message of, of, of hope, a message of forgiveness, a message of encouragement. And this is where this, this verse comes as God says to the people through Isaiah that if they wait upon him, they will renew their strength a message of encouragement to have hope. And so I want us just to look at this verse, at this text, and look, first of all, at the nature of Christian hope, uh, and then the source of Christian hope, and then the results of Christian hope. So that's where we're going uh, this morning. The nature of Christian hope. I I would uh, define uh, Christian hope as hope, is the confident expectation that God will act for our good in the future. That's what hope is. That's what Christian hope is. It's the confident expectation that God will act for our good in the future. Now, we'll unpack that just in a minute or two. But before that, just let me comment on the fact that, you know, different versions translate uh, this verse in different ways. They use different words. The NIV here has hope. Uh, we are to hope confidently in the Lord. Other versions, uh, I think the AV or the ESV, 
they have the word wait. Uh, and other versions ha- have the word trust. So sometimes it's those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. Sometimes it's those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Sometimes it's those who hope in the Lord uh, will renew their strength. And there's a word which is rich in meaning. And all those meanings can be found uh, there uh, behind this word. It, it does have this idea of trusting restfully in the Lord or waiting patiently upon the Lord, or hoping confidently in the Lord. Uh, To hope confidently in the Lord, if we just concentrate on that, we see and and try to understand what hope is. It really has various elements to it. It has to do with the future. Hope always looks forward. It's not about the past. You know, we can look back to the past, sometimes with regret. Sometimes we may look back to the past with gratitude. Um, but we don't look back to the past with hope. You know, we look forward with hope. It has to do with the future, uh, with our expectations of what will happen, of what is still to come. Um, it has to do with the with expecting something good, uh, something positive, not, not negative, something good, uh, not bad. We, we don't say, I, I'm hoping to lose my job this year. We, we say, rather, some, I'm hoping to get promoted this year. We don't say, I'm hoping to fail my exams. But we say, I'm hoping to get the grades that I want to get me into university or whatever it is we want to do. We don't say, I'm hoping to break up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. We, we say, I'm hoping that uh, um, she'll accept my proposal and we'll get married. You know, it's, it's thinking of something which is good. It's something of something in the future, something which is yet to come. Uh, it's thinking of something which is good, something which is uh, uh, going to be of benefit to us, something which is going to be a blessing to us, something which we can rejoice in. And it, it has to do with certainty as well. It's not like um, some of the ways we, we use the word hope today. You, know, you might say, well, I'm hoping to get my house sold before Easter. Well, that may be what you're hoping for, but it's by no means certain that will happen. You may say, well, I'm, I'm hoping the plane will, will take off on time and we'll have a, a safe and, and uh, happy journey. But again, you're not certain that that's going to happen. There could be all kinds of delays at the airport or the weather or, 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 or whatever. We, we might say, well, I, I'm hoping I don't get COVID. But there's absolutely no guarantee uh, as the virus spreads. It's possible. You might happen. To be. So we use the word hope today sometimes, and we're not really sure of, of the outcome. We're not really sure. We can't be certain. We can't really be confident that that is going to happen. But Christian hope is absolutely certain. It's guaranteed. Um, Christian hope is the confident expectation, the sure, it's sure and certain uh, guarantee that we will experience good in the future. Because its source is in the Lord. So the nature of hope 
has to do with our expectations of good in the future, which are sure and certain. The source of this hope is in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The source of this Christian hope is based in the character of God and in his word. That's, we can, that's why it can be, it's, we can be sure and certain of it. If you look back down the chapter just a little bit, we read in verse 25, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Here is the power of God. Here is God, uh, the all-powerful, the creator God, who rules over all of nature, the heavens and the earth and everything that is in it, who rules over all the nations. They are like as a, a drop in the bucket before him. He is the almighty, all-powerful, eternal God. Verse 28 says, Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. We can be sure of this hope because God has the power to deliver. He is the almighty everlasting God. He's a God who, uh, as the psalmist puts it, neither slumbers nor sleep, whose eye is always upon us, whose ear is always open to our cries. He is the almighty, all-powerful God. He is the God who is infinitely wise. If you look back down the chapter at verse 13, it says, Who has understood the mind of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor, whom did the Lord uh, consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Well, the answer to all those questions is no one. I mean, God didn't have to ask anyone else's advice when it came to the creation of the world, or when it came to how he would govern the world, or when it, it comes to Uh, his plan of salvation. No one else advised him. He didn't have to consult with anyone else. He is the infinitely wise God. He is all-powerful. He is infinitely wise. And he is full of compassion. Uh, The chapter begins, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Here's a message of comfort after a message of condemnation. Here's a message of comfort for the people. That God is a forgiving God. God is a pardoning God. God is a merciful God. God is a good God. Uh, 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 
In verse 11, we read, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. You know, he, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. He is a, a, a loving, tender, gentle, compassionate God. This is why we can have hope. Hope in the Lord, because the Lord is good. The Lord is great. The Lord is gracious. This is the source of our hope. We see all these characteristics fully revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, whose birth into this world we've been celebrating at this Christmas time. When we look at Jesus, we see the power of God. Jesus stands up in the boat in the midst of the wind and the waves, and he says, peace be still. And immediately there's calm. Because he is the Lord over all of nature. We see uh, Jesus uh, full of wisdom. That when he speaks, he speaks with authority. That even if his opponents have to say, surely no one spoke like this. We see his compassion as he sees those suffering. Those who are condemned, those who are uh, beaten down. And he says to them, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We see, uh, this is the Lord, the Lord of glory. Uh, We can have hope because our hope is in the Lord. We can be confident that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We can be confident that his kingdom will come. We can be confident that his glory will be revealed. That all, all eyes will see it. That the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That there will be a new heaven and a new earth. A world of peace and of love and of justice where there will be no sickness or sin or suffering. We can be confident because our hope is in the Lord. See, Christian hope is a confident expectation of good in the future because it is based in the Lord, in his character and in his word. And then finally in in our verse, we see the results of Christian hope. It says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. What will happen as a result of putting our hope in the Lord? It will be that our strength will be renewed. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Uh, Weary can be those who are just weary of the burdens of life. They're weighed down by some of the pressures, maybe some of the circumstances, maybe some of the problems which they have to feel. And these things are are just weighing heavily upon them, and they just feel weary as a result of that. Or or maybe it's that they're weak. The weariness maybe has to do more with the external things, the the circumstances that we have to face. The weakness uh, may come uh, just as a result of our own feeling of, of lacking resources, lacking the ability 
lacking the energy to deal with these things. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, even the weary and the weak. Their strength will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. I take that to mean something like they will rise above the circumstances of turmoil and tragedy. And I've seen this happen in someone's life. Uh, I'll always remember the 4th of March, 1984, because a a friend of mine that I was at school with, uh, that I played rugby with, that I was at university with, uh, that we involved in in church with, a friend of mine called Billy McConnell, who was assistant governor in the Mays prison, was shot dead that morning by the IRA as he left his home in Hawthorne Gardens. And I remember going immediately to the uh, home where his wife, Beryl, uh, had so been suddenly, tragically, uh, shockingly bereaved in this horrible way in front of her and her three-year-old daughter. But in the days which followed, Beryl was able to act with great Christian compassion and, 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 and faith. Somehow or other, the Lord gave her the strength to rise above all the turmoil and all the tragedy of those events. You may even have seen her recently on, on one of the a program by Stephen Nolan, speaking of her Christian faith and, and the way in which God had sustained her and enabled her even to uh, show forgiveness to those responsible for such a thing. That's an example, I think, of someone who's hoping the Lord enabled them to soar like an eagle on the wings of an eagle, to rise above the circumstances, the turmoil, and the tragedy. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. I think that means something like they'll be able to overcome obstacles and difficulties. Uh, I was thinking just of a, uh, one of my uh, favorite missionaries was a, uh, a woman called Gladys Aylward. Um, back in, this is back in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. Uh, she was a, a young girl who was just a, a servant, a domestic servant in, in uh, a grand house. And she believed that God was calling her to go to China. And she applied to the China Inland Mission, as it was at the time. But they turned her down because she hadn't been able to pass uh, the exams that they set her in, in Chinese. She's the one who, who said, when you get to heaven, God won't ask to see your certificates. So she wasn't daunted by that. She wasn't daunted by uh, the obstacles put in her way. And so she uh, raised the money herself and went independently. She took a train across Europe, across the Soviet Union, into China, which at that time was involved in a war with Japan. And in the midst of the anarchy and chaos of that country, she established an orphanage for over a 100 uh, children. 
She got the strength to overcome all the challenges and obstacles and disappointments that were put in her way. She was able to run and not grow weary. Or they will walk and not be faint. I I take this to mean something like keep going in the duties and responsibilities of life. The everyday mundane tasks, the things which have to be done, is just to keep on persevering faithfully in doing those things. I think I take here as my example another woman, Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, someone may have read the story of uh, her about her husband, Jim Elliot, who was murdered by the Aika Indians in Ecuador. Uh, and Elizabeth Elliot returned to the mission station on her own um, with her, well, she had her, her, her baby daughter with her who was under a year old. And uh, she was there on her own in this mission station in the midst of the Ecuadorian jungle. And she felt overwhelmed by all the different things which she had to do. And she didn't know how she was going to cope, uh, what she would do, where would she get the strength from to do these things. And then she remembered a poem that she'd read uh, some time before uh, that she found. It was written on the wall of a church, uh, an English church, which is, was entitled, Do the Next Thing. And in the second verse of it goes, Do it immediately, do it with prayer, do it reliantly, casting all care, do it with reverence, tracing his hand, who placed it before thee with earnest command, stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his his wing, leave all resultings, do the next thing. So the next thing was maybe to feed her baby. The next thing maybe was to get the diesel generator repaired. The next thing might be to clear the airstrip so that a a plane with supplies could land. The next thing was maybe to continue to translate Luke's gospel, which she and her husband had been doing. The next thing uh, may have, have, have been you know, something else, train up leaders for the little uh, group of Christians that had come into existence. But here she was, here were the everyday, routine in a sense, mundane, ordinary things of life. How could she do them? Well, with the strength that God supplied, she would just do the next thing. See, this is the result of hope. If we have hope, hope gives us strength. Hope gives us energy. Hope gives us the ability maybe to rise above the circumstances of turmoil and tragedy. Hope gives us the ability to keep going in the face of obstacles and disappointments. Hope gives us the, 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 the ability just to persevere in serving the Lord in whatever way he has called us, wherever he has placed us. Hope really keeps us going. There was a, an Austrian psychiatrist, a, a Jewish man called Viktor Frankl, and he spent three years in Auschwitz between 1942 and 1945. And in the prison camp there, he, he watched as he saw some prisoners survive and some prisoners die. And he said the big difference between the prisoners who survived and the prisoners who died was that one group had hope and the other group had no hope. 
those who were without hope became despairing and gave up. But those who had hope kept going, kept believing, persevered, and they survived. Hope is so vital in our, in our Christian lives. Yes, we have to have faith and we have to have love, but we also need to have hope. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So are you facing this new year strong in the hope that God provides? Are you filled with hope? The Apostle Paul wrote to the uh, Christians in Rome, and he said, May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Take this as your text for this coming year. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that our hope is in you, the all-powerful, all-wise, all-loving God. Our hope is in you. It's sure and certain that you will act for our good and you will not disappoint us. You will build your church. Your kingdom will come. Your, Your glory will be revealed throughout all the earth. We pray that as we have hope in you, that we'll find that you give us a strength for whatever we have to face, to keep on trusting in you, to keep on waiting patiently for you to act, that we can trust you. Our hope will not be disappointed and that you'll enable us when the challenges come Or when we feel overwhelmed, you'll enable us to keep on going, to persevere, and to do what you call us to do through the hope and the strength that you give us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.